Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Coming at you after the Lakers tie the series with the Phoenix Suns 1-1, and they win 109-102. I'm Alex Padilla, at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. He's Alex Regla, at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Alex, what a game, man. What a game. Yeah, I never doubted them for a second. I thought. Yeah, said nobody ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that was stressful for sure. Uh, that was incredibly stressful there because this Laker team, and I tweeted it earlier, uh, the one consistent thing about this Laker team, there will be scoreless droughts, long scoreless droughts, and they had two of them, one in the fourth quarter there, and then one in, I believe, the second quarter, mm-hmm. even to the point where they had, a, I think their largest lead tonight was 15, and the Suns came back in the fourth quarter and at five minutes and 39 seconds, DeAndre Ayton made his 1,000th dunk in the series, and they took the lead 90-89. to 89. And I'm only exaggerating about DeAndre Ayton, but I'm pretty sure he's only scored dunks in this series so far. Uh, Ayton's been a handful. Um, I thought they played better defense, and I look at the box score, and he was 11 for 13 from the field. So, yeah, he's still a big yeah. issue. I said... DeAndre Ayn will never shoot 10 of 11 from the field ever again. I mean, uh, technically, I am right, but 11 of 13 is not much better. But let's talk about just this game as a whole. When you when you look back at tonight's game, what is the one thing that stands out to you? Because for me, it's, it's, it's Anthony Davis. And I know he didn't have a great, great game from the field, but he was aggressive. 21 free throws tonight as opposed to, I believe he shot, yeah, five the first game. So to me, Anthony Davis and then LeBron's clutch shots at the end of the game are what stands out to me. Yeah, it's tough uh, to like single one thing out. I, I yeah, I agree. AD played better. I, I I still it's weird to say, but I still don't think he played that great of a game in terms of like his standards. But he definitely played better than he did in Game One, and that was huge. And like you said, the free throws, obviously, <laughs> anytime you get free points at, for this Lakers team is a huge thing because like you mentioned these scoring droughts are just becoming really annoying and it's coming up at the worst times. And especially in those non LeBron lineups where AD's kind of been the guy who's had to kind of carry the offense. And it's usually just been like throw a Tim in the post made fade away, uh, miss jumper, miss jumper. So it was cool to see him get to the line, be a little more aggressive. And like you said, I thought he hit just an enormous three there down the stretch and then also had a block right before that. So it, it was great to see him kind of bounce back. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton's two missed shots are on a Caruso block and an AD block. Yeah. That's the only reason why he missed. And both of those, re- one of them was going to be a, a, I think they were both going to be layups yeah. actually. But um, yeah, um, as, as far as Anthony Davis goes, you're right. Um, I don't have ex- any sort of confidence in his jump shot right now. I know he went two of th- four from the three point, but every time he shoots outside the box, I'm like, this doesn't seem all that great. Like it's, I don't have that confidence yet. Um, and I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know if he's going to get hot from the field. These mid range jumpers that he shoots or, um, you know, it just, just really anywhere outside of the, the key. I'm, I'm not too enthusiastic about Anthony Davis shooting right now. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because, like, last playoffs, that was the thing that kind of carried this team was Anthony Davis's jump shooting. Like, he was out of this world in terms of how good he was from the mid-range and from three. Um, so hopefully, like, 
seeing the ball go through, like even in terms of just free throws, like seeing it go through the net, he hit two threes, and I know it's just two threes, but that's way more than he's made combined in a long time. So uh, hopefully this jump starts it, because if he's hitting those jumpers, like this is a totally different team. Yeah, there's one thing that we've said that I've said on this podcast, and I know that you have agreed. The one thing that the Lakers can control is their energy on offense. Game one was just non-existent. They almost mm-hmm. just were like, all right, you know, it's noon. We're in Arizona. Game one, like they weren't really there. Today they came out firing, going scoring 30 in the first quarter. Um, so that's something that I, li- I would like to see. And a lot of that for me was Andre Drummond early on. He finished the game with 15 yeah. points and 12 rebounds, uh, five of them offensive rebounds. Andre Drummond... You almost got to take the, the clumsiness, for lack of a better word, that comes with Andre Drummond because the other stuff that he does, the energy that he can bring, the second chance points that he provides. They had that one play where he had like three yeah. tip backs on the same play. Um, so it's great to see, man, because tonight, just look at the uh, – if you take a look at the box score, KCP, literally nothing. Kuzma, two points. Um, Caruso, four points. He was great defensively, though. Um you really didn't have any sort of help from the bench today. No. It was all it was all AD. It was all LeBron. It was Schroeder had a great he, he game offensively, yeah. and then Drummond had a great game today. That's really it offensively. Yeah, um, I think Drummond in that first half easily his best half as a Laker uh, on both ends. I thought he really helped control like the pick and roll. Like that killed the Lakers in that first game, and like we said, Aiden still had a big game. But it wasn't as like impactful as that first game. Like he still put up numbers, but they felt a bit like I don't know, like they were just numbers. It, it wasn't really changing the flow of the game or anything. I thought he like handled like guarding on the perimeter well, and like you said, getting those second chances are just huge. And again, I I really thought he played a good game, and it was cool to see Vogel. Like I, I don't know how you felt about it. How do you think he handled the front court rotation today? Yeah, I think that's I would I would love to talk about that because I know you're a big Marcus All mm-hmm. um, like fan and, and you've you've believed in him since they got him um, and I think this series really highlights where we come from because offensively you could see the impact that he makes how he opens up the court for the team in the half court offense but defensively against a team like the Suns he's a liability yeah. he can't really keep up so it's almost like. You almost have to outweigh the negative with the positive. I don't really know where you stand on it. I think that offensively, I love what he brings to the team. And that concerns me a lot more. Like, if you ask me what concerns you more, the offense or the defense, it's clearly the offense for the Lakers. So Mm -hmm. if Gasol can come in and be a positive on offense, then I will take the liability on defense because other guys can cover him. I know they're going to have to work it out a little bit, especially if Cameron Payne plays the way he did tonight. Oh, God. But I, I liked what Vogel did today. I liked going with Drummond. I liked going with Gasol. And then at the end of the game, yeah. AD at the five. I don't. The, the Suns just kind of got stifled there at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this trio. Um, I know Harold played okay last game, and he is he matches up well against the reserves. But I, I think Frank Vogel said after last game he thought the Lakers were a little too small. And he wanted to keep kind of that that size advantage. I think Gasol having him, Drummond, and AD on the floor at different times kind of helped with that. Um, I thought they did a better job keeping the Suns off the glass. They only had four offensive rebounds. I think the last game they had like 16 or 18. So having that size out there definitely helped tonight. And yeah, I, I agree. Like there was multiple possessions where Gasol, you can see the Suns were kind of 
targeting him in the perimeter and campaign blew right by him. So yeah, it's pros and cons with him, but I do like that he's getting some run now. And I kind of like having Drummond and then going to Gasol at the end of the first quarter, end of third quarter, and then keeping AD in your back pocket like when you need to win the game. I thought Vogel did a better job with that tonight. What I We've said this before about Vogel. I like that Vogel is not scared to sit guys down for a whole game or a whole series. Or, you know, I like that he makes adjustments in series. It's, it's something that I think some coaches might be too scared to sit him on Trez Harrell. Some coach for like, you know, for whatever pushback he might get. But I feel like this team is so united and there were so much changes, although even though there was so much changes, this team just feels so close. And I like that Vogel is cool with with making a change. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if again, Mm -hmm. if the Suns adjust somehow, then he'll do another change. Yeah. Like, did you notice uh, like so Harold didn't play at all. Like, I'm sure you're alluding to that. So Harold didn't play. And then guys like THT and Wes Matthews, they played very briefly. Like, THT played five minutes tonight. Wesley Matthews only played four minutes. Markeith Morris got dusted off, and he played three minutes. So, yeah, uh, playing 11 guys in a playoff game is kind of rare. Uh, usually you kind of shorten your rotation, not extend it. But, uh, yeah, I think Vogel was just trying to look for different combinations that worked. And I thought he kind of stayed with that Gasol lineup a little too long in the fourth quarter. But, like, overall, I thought he did just a better job in putting guys in better spots to perform. Things that work for me. Tell me if you agree or disagree. For the rest of this series, either LeBron or Schroeder needs to be on the court. One of them needs to be on the court. One of them needs to be on there to initiate the offense because I just... I don't necessarily trust Caruso to get that going. Mm-hmm. I don't like when AD is the, the primary guy. It, the offense just looks it, – it stands still. Everybody looks at AD and he's like, all right, make it happen. I like I, I need either Schroeder or LeBron on the court all game, yeah. one of them. Agreed. Yeah, I think either one of them. And also, like, if you can also have Gasol with one of them also helps. Just having another secondary guy who can make a play. But, yeah, I – the non-AD, non-Schroeder, just, sorry, the non-LeBron, non-Schroeder, and just AD lineups are just rough. It's just, it's really hard to create any offense. Yeah, and this is what, I mean, maybe they'll figure it out and click, And but we were talking about this when they were when they were healthy before the injuries, is this offense wasn't really yet clicking, they were still kind of figuring it out, and they were winning just because of talent. And I still think that that's kind of the case. <laughs> right now i still think that they win this game because of talent lebron is the best player on the court still i think he proved that i think he, he can still turn it on at the age of 36 which is incredible i i you know you always think like well maybe he's, he's hitting that 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 ceiling now where he he can't push it and then all of a sudden boom switch game two let's go so you know hopefully that vogel realizes that they need to have a sort of playmaker, a ball handling playmaker to get the offense, even just moving. Cause how many shot clock violations? Did they oh have there my in the God. Quarter? Okay. So I don't, I usually don't complain much on on this podcast, but those shot clock violations were just brutal. Like just uh, not, there were some like that didn't result in shot clock violations, but just ended up like guys passing up open threes for like a worse shot. Like Caruso, I think it was in the first or second, he had a wide open shot. He passed it to AD, and then AD ended up passing back to him. And Crusoe had to shoot it like at the shot clock. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just it almost never results in a good thing if you pass up an open shot. And there's this clip that's going around. If you guys have seen on Twitter of LeBron like 
just yelling yeah. at KCP. I want you to shoot. You could read him. You could read his lips. I want you to shoot. And I know KCP has struggled, you know, pretty badly these first two games. He's one of seven in game one, and today he was 0 of 4 from three. So one of 11 from three so far. But if the Lakers are going to have success in a longer run of the playoffs, they need KCP to make threes, and they need KCP to shoot threes too. And there was too many times today where he just did not yeah. want to shoot it. He only had four. He only had four attempts tonight, and that's too. That's too little for KCP in terms of how many threes he gets up. Because when you look at that starting lineup of shooter KCP, Drummond, Davis, LeBron, like he's really the only kind of designated shooter in, in that group. And yeah, he needs just he needs to shoot them just to keep defenses honest. Like if he's not shooting, then who else in that starting lineup is shooting? Yeah. And I think I'm going to say the same thing. I know I don't know if, if you will agree with me on this. I think Kuzma needs to shoot more. Kuzma, Kuzma shot the ball four times today, and he shot the ball two times the first game. Kuz just looks out of whack. And, and again, I'm not even sure how much it's on him in terms of like his offense because he's not really touching the ball much. Like If he does get it, it's literally just a catch and shoot, and that's it. Uh, so it's hard to get rhythm that way, but I think just overall the bench has just been horrible. And I think it goes back to the non-LeBron lineups. Like, Hopefully Gasol being out there will help trigger some more off-ball cutting and stuff like that that Kuzma's good at. But yeah, thankfully guys like Schroeder and like you said, Drummond had big games because the bench just didn't do much today. Let me ask you a generic basic question, and I know we're midway through this podcast, but have the Lakers played well yet? No, I don't think they've played. <laughs> What's your answer? Because I, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't think they've played well. I don't think they've played well. I was texting with a buddy who was watching the game as closely as I was, and I was like, man, the Lakers, they, they still haven't played well. I, I don't think that they've played well. They, they The numbers look good for LeBron and AD. I think LeBron played very well today. But I said earlier, I don't think AD played a great game. No. Um, I don't think the team as a whole has played a great game. And yet, they held the Suns to 99. They held the Suns to 102. And they would have got tacos today at Staples if it was in L.A. So defensively, they're playing well. But as a whole, no. Yeah, I, I, I think the defense tonight was, I know they gave up, gave up three more points. But a lot of those just came late and free throws and stuff like that. Garbage time. Yes, Booker scored six free throws at the end to even get them to 102. Yeah, so it, it, anytime you can hold an opponent under 100 points, like in actual competitive basketball time, like that's a big plus. And I thought the defense... The game plan was a lot better. I like the double teams on Booker there in the third quarter and so because he got hot. But yeah, it's just I, I don't think they've played to their potential yet. And hopefully that, you know, that's encouraging. Like hopefully that means that next game at Staples Center with the crowd behind them, they'll kind of jumpstart them and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the three-point shooting is still really bad, like 10 for 33 yeah. tonight. That's an improvement over game one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, like I, I think we should mention like like we alluded to Dennis Schroeder was huge in terms of giving them so a big. spark and uh, Drummond as well. So thankfully they had some guys step up, but uh, yeah, that's one area for sure they need to improve in. Yeah. I think Schroeder needs to definitely step up because he's taking the place of playoff Rondo. Mm -hmm. So we all know how important playoff Rondo was last year. So they're going to need it. I listen, I, I don't know how oh, I want this to make sense <laughs> in my head. It makes sense. LeBron and AD need to score, you know, 25 points a game. That's just a given. But it's what are the other guys going to do too? That's how you win these games. You can look back 
and, and, and all the playoff history of the Los Angeles Lakers and see, like, who's made the big shots in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's been Kobe. It's been guys. Um, it's been LeBron. AD made a game buzz, a winning buzzer sh- mm-hmm. shot yet last year. But a lot of times you win a game because a shooter scored 24 points today because a Drummond had a double-double today. You need other guys to contribute. And last year we kept talking about who's the third guy, who's the third guy. There was never a third guy. It was somebody different every game. And I feel like we're in the same situation this year. It might be someone different every game, but I would like it if it's Schroeder every other every game yeah. as well. If Schroeder can be up there 17, 18, or like tonight above 20 points, chances are Lakers are going to win that game. So what, do, do you think it's just it'll come down to one guy? Like, do you think a third? Because, oh, my God, we've talked about the third guy so, so many times. but We really haven't this year too much. Sure. It's because of injuries. But, yeah, we on this podcast, we've talked about the third guy for a long time. Yeah, I, I think as long as they have collectively something else besides LeBron and AD, and thankfully Shooter was that third guy today, and thankfully Jerome did that first half, uh, proved really well. But, yeah, they just need some type of other production from those guys and some type of other offensive creation because, man, the second LeBron leaves the court, it's just nothing really going. Yeah, um, the Suns, I'm looking at it, were they the – they were the seventh highest scoring team in the NBA this year. They averaged 115 points in the in the regular season. So you're held you've held them to 99 and 102. I I don't think that that can be stated enough how well and how important the Lakers defense is going to be if they want to make another run. And it's going to it's looking like it's going to be very important just to get out of this series cuz the Suns they look game. They look very much game yeah. to just be competitive every game. And you know what? Like we should also mention that you know Chris Paul. I'm not sure how many minutes he even played in the second half. There, he's obviously hurt with that injury. But um, I don't think he played at all in the third quarter. Yeah, so he tried to give it a go in the fourth. Yeah, so I mean it's worth mentioning, and like obviously that changes the Phoenix Suns. But I mean when you still have a guys like Devin Booker out there and DeAndre Ayton who's just destroying the Lakers right now, it doesn't really matter who's out there as long as you play good defense and. I think the Lakers, at least in that regard, have kind of shown up in the playoffs. See, I think you're okay if Cameron Payne has a has a, a you know one or two games like this in the series. If you can control DeAndre Ayton from shooting 95% from the field, that's just yeah. they're gonna have to figure that out. That could be a problem all series because I don't. You watch this a lot more like like in depth basketball-y than I do, so maybe you can try and explain to me what is it about. Cameron Payne, Booker, and Chris Paul <laughs> that is getting DeAndre Ayton nine dunks a game. But you know what they're doing? So I, they're doing kind of a smart thing where they're getting – so if you watch like Drummond guard a, a pick and roll, right, where it's like Booker or Paul, they kind of switch that. So Drummond ends up chasing Payne to like the three-point line, and that ends up getting Ayton on – like Caruso on Ayton or Schroeder on Ayton. And it's just an easy kind of put, put over those guys because they're too small. So it's just a matter of kind of matching up. And, like, later in the game, I think it was, like, that block from AD late in the game, they finally had some help defense come their way and kind of prevent him from just kind of catching and scoring. Like, he's, he's doing too much, too much like, catching, scoring. He's not having to put the ball on the floor. He's not really having to, like, make any easy, like, hard decisions. Like, the Suns are just making it way too easy for him to score. And the Lakers, their help defense just needs to be better, I think. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on because 
that <laughs> they make it look they made it listen i know devin booker is really good but cameron Payne made it look really easy today yeah he had seven assists and a lot of those were just straight up lobs or passes to deandre Ainge, who just dunked he's good now man like it I, I know he was just kind of almost out of the league a few years ago, but since the bubble last year, he's he's been a really good role player. And tonight, like he hit that huge three over Caruso, and I thought that might have been like a backbreaker moment. And thankfully, the Lakers rallied after that. But you know that guy stepped up with Chris Paul being out. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that. Like AD kind of got upset at Caruso there because yeah. I was like, dude, dude, he was like thirty feet from the basket, man. Like, what do you want? That was a Steph Curry three. What do you want him to do? And he was kind of in his face. So, anyways, um, breaking news. Uh, the manipulating <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers are now down 0-2 to the Mavericks. They, lo- they lose 127-121. And, and it, worth mentioning, were the Clippers the home team both those two games, correct? They were the Ooh, home team. That's rough. I would like to talk about that for a second. In California... We're not wide open yet. We're a little open there. I, I don't know how many fans are at sta- are allowed at Staples on Thursday. Do you? I, I don't know. No. Um, but it, it won't be a packed house like it was tonight in Phoenix. Um, I forgot how great NBA playoffs are yeah. with a packed house. Like, it's been so long. I, I really I don't know how long Phoenix has been open. And, and Saturday, I actually watched the game at a bar, so I didn't hear any of the game. Um tonight was loud man it was so great and there was so many laker fans there as well in that first or second quarter when lebron got the wide open dunk it was like they were at staples Mm. it was so many cheers it's home home court advantage is back that's the thing oh no definitely like just listen to like not even the laker fans that showed up but just like the suns fans tonight that place was loud that felt like the steve nash suns fans you know um i missed it like I think that added just a big intensity to the game that was sorely missed in the bubble. Like, the bubble's obviously stressful and stuff like that, but having those fans, that intensity, it's great. And if you lose home court advantage, that's a thing. Like, the Lakers won today. They took back home court from the Suns. Clippers losing two, two of their home games have to go back to Dallas. I'm assuming Texas just wide open, so there's probably going to be a ton Texas of people there. Open. That's, uh, I mean... It's still a long series, but the Clippers kind of, that's not a good start for them. It was a, we talked about it last week. It was a rough series for them last year. And then Porzingis got hurt. Yeah. Porzingis healthy. He scored 20 Uh, points tonight. Yeah. Luca was banged up a bit too. Luca's stupid. Oh, he's so good. He's so freaking good at basketball. It's ridiculous. He scored 39 points tonight. And it's not like, it's not like pandemic P showed up, you know? I mean, he didn't have a great game from three, but he scored 28 points tonight. Yeah, twelve rebounds. Like the Clippers are just getting outplayed by the clip by the Mavericks right just now. Just something like I, I didn't watch the game. Like for some reason, NBA decided to put both these games on at the same time. But like I always thought, the whole perception of the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George was like you have these elite, elite perimeter defenders, and yet like Luca since last year has just scorched them every play. Yeah. Like he does it to everyone. To be fair. But, like, you have Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly, and still, Luka's just out there carving you up. It's it's crazy. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. scored 28 tonight, yeah. 6 of 8 from 3. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be I'll, tough. It's going to be tough I'm, for them. I'm bringing it up, too, like, A, because it's funny to me. But I also heard on – and I, I wanted to bring this up because the Lakers, I, I think they I, – 
I, I did the Charles Barkley guarantee. I was like, they're going to win this game. For a while there, I was like, oh, my guarantee don't look so good. It did look like a Charles Barkley <laughs> guarantee. But I was like, LeBron always wins game two after going down 0-1. I think both the first two rounds of the playoffs last year, they started 0-1 and then swept um, the Blazers and then the Rockets after that. Mm. Um, a stat I saw today, and I don't know how accurate it is. A team that falls 0-2 in the NBA playoffs gets eliminated 94% oh. of the time. So it was a big game for the Lakers. I I genuinely think if the Lakers win game three, it's over. I think they they win in five or six. But if the Suns somehow win game three, we got ourselves a series, a real long series. You you obviously, like, yeah, you're right. And I think you obviously, if you're the Lakers, you want to win this, like, win these next couple games especially. Like, just so Chris Paul is not 100%. Like, the, the longer the series goes on, Chris Paul gets healthier. And also, you just give the Suns team more confidence. I think the Suns team is playing way too confidently, and a lot Very of that's the Lakers' fault. So they have to kind of shut them down here in these next couple games. Here's a first-take question for you. Are teams scared of the Lakers? Because Charles Barkley says no one's scared of the Lakers. Oh, I mean, I don't know. what. I'm not sure the last thing Charles Barkley has said that is actually true. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard yeah. him say that. And I, but I don't know if there is this... I would. I don't know if scared is the right word. I don't know if teams are intimidated going into Staples Center. I. I, I don't know if that. Is, if that is a thing. Uh, I mean, I think because of the season, only because of the se- not because of the talent, not because of LeBron, not because of AD, because of the season that they've had, and because I think teams know that they haven't been playing well. There is some sort of, you know, confidence that obviously the Suns are going in there like. But I just think the Suns may be too young to even know what they're doing. <laughs> How much they, of that? No, I get what you mean. How much of that do you think is just the Lakers not taking a lot of these games seriously? I think they're taking. I didn't. I, I think tonight they took it they seriously. Did. They did. Yeah. I, I think game one they didn't. No. And I, I it really didn't look like they did. Um, I don't know though. It's it's one of those things where I I get what Charles is saying mm-hmm. as much as I don't agree with it. I get what he's saying. I don't think there's this aura around the Lakers like there was like when the KD was with the Warriors. Like you knew going in there yeah. that that it was rough. It's going to be rough, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's up to the Lakers really to kind of establish that. Like home court, um, like we always talk about how good of a road team the Lakers are. And they didn't really play well at home this year. Um, so when it comes to the playoffs, home court is like the place you have to win. Like, even if you lose on the road, it's not the end of the end of the world because you still have your home court games to play. So they have to kind of establish this confidence there that if you go into Staples Center, like, that's a hard place to, to play. Like, Utah has, a like, rep, like, just a reputation. Like, you don't want to go play there on the road. Mm-hmm. Portland has the same thing. I think the Lakers have to kind of establish that. And the best way to do it is just win their home games. So going forward Thursday, game three, 7 o'clock, Staples Center. Is it 2-3-2? Is it the next oh, three in LA? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, I can actually check really yeah, quick. I can look at the schedule too. Um, I don't know if the, it, when it the is. Uh, <laughs> no, it, right. it, it's it's traditional. It's two next, two yeah. one one yeah. one. So you got the next two in Los Angeles starting on Thursday, and then Sunday another twelve thirty game. Yippee! Mm-hmm. Um, so they will have two days off after the next one. But game three Thursday. 
Uh, we will be on for sure on Tuesday again because you have to win three more games to win the series. So we will still be talking about the Suns, whether it's a series win or going into a game six. We will be with you guys again on next Tuesday, June 1st. Um, Alex? Well, predictions. Predictions? Before we get to predictions real quick, what do you want to see the team improve on? Okay. Uh I, I kind of had like a checklist I wanted them to improve on going to this game. I thought they did a lot of them. Uh, defensive rebounding was a lot better. Turnovers. I think they only had seven turnovers tonight. And the Suns killed them in transition last game. So that was a big thing, protecting the, the Suns ball. Had a, the Suns had a, a lot of bad turnovers. Yeah. Today. So those two things were huge. I think the biggest thing, like like outside of three-point shooting, like that's just always going to be a thing with the Lakers. Like that that's... That's something they can improve on like every single year. But outside of that, just getting subtype of production offensively when LeBron's off the floor. Yeah, um, I would love to see a improvement on <laughs> guarding DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's a big uh, one. Uh, that's, that's like, I would, I think that's number one. I think when you go into a series, you know, guys are going to score, but you got to make it somewhat hard on them. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, and then secondly, I would like to see the bench do something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who, and I don't really care who, but I would like the bench to do something, whether it's a random 12 point game from Wes Matthews, whether it's a Kuzma lighting it up for 18, which we all know he can, um, you know, some THT coming in Caruso. I, I would like to see some offensive production from the bench. And I think if they do that, as long as AD and LeBron stay healthy and stay aggressive, I think the Lakers should win this series. And I think they should win the next game as well. Um, those are my two two big things. Well, so, how, how many games? Oh, well, let's do predictions for next Tuesday. What's the series going to be by the time you we're know, back so, on it's it? It's super predicated on game three for me. Okay. I really genuinely believe, and I don't know. Obviously, it's just a prediction. But I do think that if the Suns win game three, we're looking at a seven-game series here. Ooh. Because that's, that's, uh, that's I don't know. I don't know. I, I would really want to see the Lakers win game three and then finish this off. And I will just say I'll stick with my original. I still say that we go to game six and the Lakers finish it game six in L.A. But as far as Thursday goes, I will say they win Thursday. Yeah. Like I want to be super confident and just say they win the next three. Like they got over the hump tonight and they figured some things out. Um, and you're right. I, I think Thursday is really going to be the deciding factor. If they win Thursday, like I think there's a good chance they can win the next two after that. But that that game five in Phoenix is, is going to be hard, probably. It's it's difficult to say that for me because I just think the Suns. I said it just now. They're so young that they don't even know what they have to lose. You know, like I don't think the Suns care that they're a two seed. It's not in their head at all. It's not in their head that they're playing the Lakers. Like, yeah. They just go out there and just do it. It's almost like and, this, like being like, um, it, yeah, like it, it reminds me of that Thunder team who played the Lakers years, years ago when they were just too young to like know who they were going up against, and they just played hard as hell, and they made that a series that was way harder that harder than many people thought it would be. And yeah, I, I get that same feel from the Suns. Like even if Chris Paul is not on the floor, like this team plays really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And especially in front of that crowd. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. I think the Lakers could probably win in six, like you. Um, and I just really hope they win on Thursday. I, I, I think it, I, I think every game is going to be close. I think every yeah. game is going to be close, regardless if it goes five, six, seven. I think every game is going to be close. Because the Suns, to me, are the opposite of the Clippers. They're not in their own head. <laughs> they were down 15 today. 
they were down 15 they didn't care they stormed right back they cut it down to like to seven like immediately i mean this feels uh, like a western conference final series to me it could be we could be honestly take away all the injuries we could be looking at the two best teams in the west right i now. mean it could be yeah i mean the suns did finish second i'm not sure like i know utah has been dealing with injuries themselves but we we could be looking at the two best teams who knows so um yeah i'll just say prediction thursday they win and then uh i i, I don't know about their uh sunday and tuesday but i i think that the lakers will finish it in game six thursday june 3rd that's my official prediction. yeah same here all right well this was fun man it is so good to have playoff basketball in front of a packed arena it, it was it just it was jarring to hear it. It was like, yeah. oh, this is so cool, man. Like I know that it's not going the Lakers way here, but with all the Phoenix crowd is into it mm-hmm. and I loved it. So uh I'm hoping that Staples can produce some sort of uh noise like that, even though they won't be at full capacity, because this Clipper game looked pretty empty, to be honest. <laughs> I have it on We're just like, bashing the Clippers from like every perspective today. <laughs> no, I'm not saying if it's I don't think it's a Clippers thing. I just don't know. Like it, Staples didn't not there's still a lot of cardboard cutouts okay. for Clippers games, so um yeah we'll see what happens but yeah, it's great to see the clippers down oh <laughs> two listen the, the lakers could lose the series too but it's just not hey, at the moment they're not down oh two yeah I, I wasn't gonna talk <laughs> until the lakers got that win so yeah i mean dude imagine both la teams being oh two right now the nba would be you know crapping themselves yeah. so all right alex at alex m regla on twitter i say it every week even though he doesn't write a <laughs> newsletter every week his twitter is a must follow you t- you threw out a stat that blew my freaking mind. I don't even know where you found that stat about the Lakers wide open threes game one. Oh, yeah, it they was like bad. 17 of their 28 threes were wide open. And then 24 of the 28 total threes were considered some sort of open. Yeah. You, see, that's the kind of stuff that I, I just go to your Twitter. Man. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna... sure this game is going to be very similar. And they didn't they, didn't, they shot a little better. So that's good. Yeah, so at Alex M. Regla is his. I'm at Alex Padilla 86, and uh, this was fun. Alex, we will talk to you next Tuesday when the Lakers are either wrapping up against the Suns or heading to a game six, man. All right, man. Thank you.